Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome. Welcome, Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius, the official energy drink of PewterReport.com. Want to say hello to all the Pewter people that are filing in as we begin this Thursday episode, where we will be talking about the Bucks who must step up in this very important game against the Atlanta Falcons. We know Mike Evans is the big-time guy on the offensive side of the football. We know that Antoine Winfield Jr., even though the Pro Bowl won't give him his love, we know that he is an all-pro safety and is going to lead the Bucs on the defensive side of the ball. But they're going to need more than that when they try to take first place in the division. So we're going to talk about all that fun stuff in today's matchup, along with a very special guest. I'm your host, Matt Matera. Joined with me is the face that runs the place at pewterreport.com, SR Scott Reynolds, and our guest today, host of the J.P. Peterson Show. You can also see him at various lightning games doing his thing over there. I was there last night. You did an awesome job. Ladies and gentlemen, J.P. Peterson. J.P., uh, how's it thank, going? Thank you, Matty. Appreciate it. Yeah, we had some fun last night at the at the lightning game. The boys played very, very well again. So uh, on a little two-game win streak. Yeah. Now let's uh, drag the Bucks along, shall we? <laughs> yeah. That'd be nice. Yeah. Uh, speaking of drag, uh, Mariah Godwin dragged Todd Bowles through the oh mud last God. night. Yeah. Um, we probably have to jump into that because, uh, you know, uh, we had uh, uh, Matt Matera, Bailey Adams, Adam Slavon, we'll call him Sly, at the um, at, at the press conference today with Dave Canales, also there at One Buccaneer Place. I'm, I was at home doing my SR's Fab Five. One um, buck in your place was in able hands with our Peter reporters. And so, um, Matt, just, you know, give me your general thoughts. I watched the press conference, yeah, but uh, you were there for it. So, yeah, what, what was your take on how Dave Canales answered and navigated the Chris Godwin uh, drama? Which, which, you know, interesting because we played Todd Bowles' comments, right? Um, yeah. yesterday yeah. on the show, and and you did the the snap counts article. On Monday about that, and we both immediately said, "No, Todd, that's not right." <laughs> yeah, that's like eighty-two yeah. percent of the snaps. And so that's what makes it so interesting, is because I don't know if Todd maybe didn't have the numbers in front of him or whatever the case, but he flat out lied when he said that uh, they were subbing him in and out. Like maybe he didn't yeah. play every single consecutive play, but he had more snaps than any other wide receiver. So to yeah. say that they were subbing him in and out, and that's why there was such a big difference. Uh, that's just flat out not the case. And I think that was uh, part of the reason why yeah. Mariah Godwin took such issue. Now, you almost feel bad for Dave Canales in one sense of like he has to answer for all of this. But this is a Todd Bowles situation. But you yeah. can also look at it in another sense of 
well, why is only Todd Bowles getting blamed for Chris Godwin not getting the football? I mean, yeah. I think your offensive yeah. coordinator is a big reason for why a player should or should not get the football. And yeah. same with uh, Baker Mayfield as well. So Canales pretty much put the blame on himself and said, uh, we got to get Chris Moore involved. He said he had a great one-on-one conversation with him as well. And, uh, you know, Godwin, we, we spoke to him in the locker room. Chris Godwin's always so cool, calm, collected. Nothing really, like, irritates yeah. him one way or another. So he said he didn't feel disrespected by Todd Bowles, but definitely didn't sound thrilled over just not being involved in the offense as much this entire season with it, with it blowing up. And the last thing I'll say as well is when Bowles said what he said the other day about, they didn't sub him in as much. I didn't take that as, Oh, well, Chris Godwin isn't working hard enough, but it clearly seems the Godwin camp, they felt that it was Bowles saying that, Chris Godwin doesn't have a good work ethic, which is asinine. I mean, we yeah. all know how long he's been there and coming back from the knee injury. Oh, and yeah. There for, uh, you know, mini camp as well when he was like the only veteran there. So right. um, interesting how they how they uh, interpreted the message. Yeah. From Todd JP, I want to get your thoughts on this because, you know, I, I'm not going to necessarily defend Todd Bowles, but if we're being honest, Todd Bowles has nothing to do with the offense. I, right. I think he right. was kind of talking out of his ass, quite exactly. frankly. I, don't, I think it was I don't a flippant th- comment. Yeah, I, I, don't get- I, I don't think I think it was a completely flippant comment. He really yeah. didn't know. He was probably like, "Wow, you know what? Now that I think about it, uh, he didn't he didn't get many catches." Yeah, and if, we're missing the main culprit here, folks. If there is a culprit, it's Baker Mayfield. I agree. Baker yeah. Mayfield holds the ball. Yeah. He's right. the one that makes decision who gets gets the ball, and then the defense also dictates who gets the ball. Now, from I I didn't look at the all twenty two this week, but. Um, and watching rewatching the game, I, there, I did, there were some moments I think when Chris is open, and, and just in watching the other all 22s, there have been many moments that Chris yeah. is open is not getting the ball. I don't think, especially in the last two games, Baker is seeing the field very well at all. Right. Uh, I think there are a lot of opportunities. I don't know if he's just feels much more comfortable with Mike, and that's okay. You're getting yeah. great production yeah. out of Mike, but right. this offense is 23rd in the league because you don't have many weapons, you have them. You're just not varying your offense. You're good. You're very uh, Mike Evans, Rashad White heavy. And just right. if you have just two options and everybody knows it, it's not hard to defend you. And, uh, you know, the, the title of this uh, podcast is who, who needs to step up? Canales needs to step up. Baker needs yeah. to step up. And, and the guys that and the other guys on offense need to step up. But they have to be given that opportunity to step up. Yeah. Chris Godwin is way too good of a receiver to get three targets now. I know we dropped the first one, yeah. and and that was very uncharacteristic. Right. And that was and, and and to be fair and to Dave Canales, yeah. To be to be fair to yeah. Dave Canales, that was the second play of the game, right? right? That was that was the Baker Mayfield's first pass attempt was to Chris Godwin. He was the primary read. It wasn't like you know that that he that, that ball was going to Chris. It wasn't yep. out, and it, it was a little low, but he, but hit Chris in the hands and he dropped it, yep. right? But at the same time, that's not a reason why you go away from Chris Godwin, you right? JP. Yeah, and, and again, you know, I think uh, if you're going to Mike Evans, okay, and he had, you know, obviously a, a monster game, um, but there there were other opportunities to get Chris the ball, and Baker didn't make the throw. I mean, so to me, first and foremost, it's Baker Mayfield. He's yeah. got he he's the man making the reads, um, you know, and I don't think the defense was was overtly taking Chris away over Mike. Um, yeah. uh, but be Chris crazy. always. Yeah, Chris always does get get uh, doubled, or, or a, lot, a lot of times he does. So, and 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 can we say is Chris Godwin the old Chris Godwin? I I think we can all agree that old Chris Godwin was sensational. 
I mean, yes. he was sensational. This Craig got, I still think there's some residue from that horrific yeah. knee injury we, it, we, it, we it, really to be fair this is the older chris godwin right, right. He's, exactly he's i mean 28 older, next year yeah. and coming off of, that knee injury was one of the worst i've seen yeah. i mean let's just be yeah. honest about that and what is he now 14 months post that i'm trying to think yeah i mean yeah he got injured right around this time yeah. i want to say yeah like so two, it, it's two still, seasons ago. yeah and, and so it takes two you know it takes at least one full season yeah. and let's be honest his superpower was his his speed his agility and his power yeah and when yeah. you take a horrific knee injury like that that hits every one of those a little bit i mean just my eye test his explosion i'll say at this point is and that you know and that 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 run was was one of the first times i said that's the yeah. old chris godwin right he put it in another gear ran through a couple arm tackles and got to the end i'm like there we go yeah. that's the guy and I don't know if we've seen – I didn't know if you saw him early in the season, but it's coming. And I yeah. think um, now is the time for him to really, really step up. And this might be a, a little bit of a blessing in disguise. You know, yeah. now that we're focusing on this and Dave Canales is focusing on this. And the, the other thing is, you know, a lot of the um, these wide receiver screens, well, they used to run a ton of them with Brady. Right. They run some of them now. And when they run them to Godwin, his blockers, you know, are usually – Trey Palmer and Kate Otten and Mike Evans. And God bless yeah. Mike Evans. He is one hell of a receiver. Yeah. He sucks at blocking. <laughs> he is not a good blocker. For, for as big a guy as he is, he's he's just he's just technique sucks. His effort is there, but he just uh, – and I don't know if his heart's Mike in it thinks, or whatever. I'm 6'5", 220. I'm just going to get in the way. Right, right yeah. You know? yeah. So it's not – it's just – you know, I, I don't mean to be mean, but it's just not one of his fortes. Yeah. And he probably asked it. He's like, what the hell am I doing blocking right now? <laughs> but but so I think, you know, that, that maybe their scheme could be a little better. But Chris needs to get the ball in his hands. He's a fantastic runner. Yeah. And yeah. I've got – you know, I'm giving him – I mean, that jet sweep, where the hell has that been? That needs right. to be a staple of this offense. Can we take seven or eight of the 50 middle runs and maybe turn them into jet sweeps? Right. I mean, if my, my memory God. serves me correctly, gentlemen. Didn't the Buccaneers end the NFC championship game up in Green Bay with an end around to Chris up in Green Bay? Right. Yeah. Didn't right. Get the first down yeah. and he they, fell like, down. Right. To yeah. They, the uh, they pitched it to him. But that, right. I mean, that just shows the confidence that they had in him yeah. then that they should still have now, where he's a wide receiver acting as a running back on that play right. to send you to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. they put the game in his hands. There were times where Chris Godwin would essentially be your leading fullback on running plays because they he's such an aggressive, aggressive yeah. guy. And I think that's been taken out of Chris Godwin a little bit, yes. maybe because he's on the outside a little bit more mm -hmm. versus, um, versus in the slot. But you can tell that it's still in there for Chris, and he just yeah. hasn't totally been utilized that way. And, you know, to everyone's point, last game, Sure, the, the, the first throw was a little bit low and he didn't make the play. He only had three targets the whole game. Yeah, so it wasn't two like more he, after that, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it wasn't like he was a factor at all. So if it's if it turns into okay, that's one less end around for Trey Palmer and Devin Tompkins, that means yeah. Chris Godwin's getting it in, instead. <laughs> yeah. What Bucks fan wouldn't sign off on that? You yeah, know, I, I don't think more. it was a loyal group yeah. of Devin. Let's Tompkins. take any away from anybody. Let's add more. Take yeah. take them away from the Rashad White yeah. up the middle zone blocking right. awful no no hope. I, I just, I mean, I don't want to go down that this rabbit hole, but every time I watch that play, I'm like, what are you, what's the concept? What are we trying to do here? What's the blocking scheme? Who are we taking advantage of? Or we're just going, oh, it's time for the run up the middle. Oh, that's right. You know, and here we go. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's mind might get JP, the ball to the outside. Your, let me get your thoughts on this. I, I, when you look at Chris Godwin, six, one, about two Oh five, right? He's, 
He's got a build that's similar to to Debo Samuel right there out yes, there. Yes, I was just going to mention that name. And, and and the thing is, is I don't know that you should line him up as a halfback like the 49ers have done yeah. and run him like Samuel. But some of those end arounds, the jet sweeps, right, the reverses, those kind of things you can do, and that's how they utilize Samuel as well as some of those receiver screens, et cetera. Yeah. And and I think they should get back to that. Also, too, I, I wouldn't mind seeing, and, and Canales addressed this a little bit today, but I wouldn't mind seeing. Uh, Chris Godwin in the slot more. I know that when they yes. go with the yes. two tight end sets, that puts Mike and Chris outside. But I'm not sure that Chris has the uh, down in, down out ability like he used to, to win one-on-ones outside, especially down the field. I think you give him those little five and seven yard zip outs. Absolutely. He wins those because of the technique and he's a little physical. We can kind of push off a little bit subtly and make that sideline catch. But, you know, the... 20-yard go patterns, right? The sluggo seams, those kind of things. I don't know if he's if he's there, but what what we've what we've seen over the last couple of years, guys, when he was in this Aryan system, when you're in the slot, you're not on a premier cornerback. You're either right. on a that's- nickel cornerback, you're on a linebacker, you're on a safety. Yep. Yep. And I, I think that's where Chris has matched up the best. And we're not seeing that enough, I think. Your thoughts. No, I, I could. I was just going to say Debo Samuel. And I know some people, oh, come on, he's not. He is. In, in his prime, and it, a couple of years ago, before pre injury, he had that yak ability. And if you watch how the 49ers use Debo, I, this, the play the other night he scored on one of them. I don't know, I think he had three scores, but yeah. the, <laughs> the little tunnel screen, you know, it's, it's it, you get a couple blocks and then the entire offensive line comes out and cleans out the rest of the people and he just hugs the line. Yeah. It, it's just a brilliant play. And the way they executed it to perfection was just it's like watching a, a, a great symphony. And they did it so well. And he, they used those abilities of, of Debo Samuel. Chris Godwin is that same type of player. He's got great running instincts. He can yeah. see blocking patterns in front of him. And you got to take advantage of that. And I totally agree about the slot play because it puts his body against the body of somebody else. You know, normally that if it's a nickel guy, he's usually what, 5'10", 180? Right. You know, right, and, right, yeah. and and Chris is going to run through that arm tackle every time. So a five-yard out every turns time. into a 15-yard gain. It's almost right. like a freebie. You know, a little option route, a stick inside turns into a, you know, a 15, 20-yard play because he's going to break that first tackle almost every single time, either through physicality or explosiveness. Yeah, he's got he's got to be the guy that, that, that transforms this offense into – a legitimate uh, two number one receiver offense because that's what that's what they're getting paid for, yeah. and that's what yeah. that's what it's meant to be. Yeah, that JP, that was the point that I was going to bring up. Is you know you look at the Bucks offense from a couple seasons ago. You know, even 2019 with Jameis, and and then when Brady got there in 2020, you had two number one receivers exactly. with Mike mm-hmm. Evans and Chris Godwin. You could make the argument at times that Chris Godwin was better than Mike Evans in certain areas of the game. And then yes. when A.B. got there, it, it was, wow, the Bucks have three number yeah. one receivers. But you look at it this season, and sure, maybe some of the injury had to do with it. But now there's the Bucks don't have two number one receivers anymore. It's Mike Evans right. is your clear-cut number one, and Chris Godwin is just your number two guy. And can he get right. back to being in the argument, in the discussion, as a wide receiver one? Yeah, probably, but that's gonna you know be a little bit on Baker Mayfield and a little bit on on Dave Canales. So I think that's the frustrating thing is that you've seen how this Bucks offense can thrive with two number ones, 
and uh, just hasn't been the case really over the last two seasons, but especially this season with the new offense that inspired a lot of hope uh, with, with this unit. And, yeah, and it, if I could say one thing yeah. about um, um, Chris's wife, Mariah, is it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's always nice to see a lady supporting his man. It's, I, I'm, yeah. I'm all yeah. for that. Yep. Not so sure that was the place. <laughs> Not so sure well, that was the place. Is one I, under, thing, I, I understand. It's one thing to, to accuse Todd Bowles of lying when, yeah, when yeah. I think that he was, was really just being ignorant. And I'm not she, saying that in a She should know he doesn't know what's that, going on over there. Exactly. I'm saying it in the truest sense of the word, which is he yeah. doesn't know, right? Yeah. It's it's not like he's stupid and, and, and dumb and whatever. It's, no, it's just it does, he doesn't have anything to do with the offense. I know Buccaneer fans don't believe that. He doesn't. He said that. I've had conversations with him about this off the record. It's that's his baby. This is like John Gruden has the offense. Monty Kiffin has the defense, right? Uh, t- Todd Bowles had the defense. Bruce Arians stayed at his hair. He was, was working more with, with Byron and, and Tom Brady when he was right. So yep. that's just how this thing is set up. And so I think Todd was just simply talking out of turn. He exactly. didn't, didn't really know, but nobody thinks he doesn't work hard. Nobody doesn't. Nobody is is right. saying anything poorly about Chris Godwin. None, there, yeah. none of that is going on. He is regarded as the ultimate teammate in that room, as he is. So I, I don't think any of that was going on. But I, hey, like I said, you know, you always want your your woman supporting you. That's right. You always and, do. But I. Yeah. And speaking of of uh, the support here, Buck Spaceman with a four ninety nine super chat. We appreciate that. Love Godwin's wife. Put bowls on blast. He's been treating <laughs> fans and media like imbeciles. Since last season, he needs to go. He's lost the locker room. He has not lost the locker room. I'm, I'm telling you right now, he he's not lost the locker room. Is, we, is, there's so much more we could put him on blast for. Yes, <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm saying? And I'm he has lied. Yeah. And he has <laughs> lied before. I mean, infamously, the Cleveland game last season, yes. when yes. he flat out lied about like, oh, we were worried about turning the ball over right, before right. they went into overtime. So he has yeah. been caught lying there's before. Way, but, that'd be way down at the bottom of the list. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But thank you for doing it. I, I would agree. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And Buck Spaceman with the dollar ninety nine super chatter. Baker is scared of the middle of the field. Um, you know, I'll tell you what, he better be afraid of the middle of the field this week because as I talked about on yesterday's show, I want to get your thoughts on this too, JP. Um, this, if you like defense, and I do, I'm a defensive minded guy, you know that. I think everybody knows that at this point in time. The two best safeties in the NFL are playing in this game. You've got Antoine Winfield Jr., who has been the one-man gang for Tampa Bay on defense. There's nothing he can't do. Sack the quarterback, yes. Force fumble, yes. Check in the box, fumble recovery, interceptions, pass breakups, uh, you know, goal line takeaways. He's done it all. Amazing. And Jesse Bates might even be better. He's got five interceptions this year, uh, three forced fumbles. I mean, if he's not better, he is at least the equivalent. Um, These are two guys – that Desmond Ritter on the Atlanta side and Baker Mayfield on the Tampa side need to avoid at all costs. Because if you give Antoine Winfield Jr. and he had a great game against the Falcons last time or Jesse Bates an opportunity, they're going to make you pay, right, JP? Absolutely. Um, that game that last week was just quintessential Antoine Winfield Jr. I mean, he did it all. Uh, led the team in tackles, uh, two two tackles for loss, uh, everything. And And, you know, again – where did we have him playing last year? Completely out of position. How yeah, you move yeah. an all-pro safety, you know, this team has a, a, a penchant for putting people in the wrong places and keeping them there for way too long. I mean, that experiment sure. last year, you could have said, I get it sometimes with the experiment. Hey, let's try a little something. See, he's really good. Maybe yeah. we get him more in the action. 
that kind of had a good ring to it. I even said, okay, yeah, that could be good. But two or three games in, you you should have realized, eh, okay, right. bad idea. Let's move him back. But you didn't do that. Matt Filer. I mean, we can go on and on and on with guys yeah. that should have. Luke Gedeke last year. Luke I mean, just year, yeah. personnel decisions. that They're just so slow to react. And that was one of them. But he's been fantastic. And, um, yeah, I, I think this is, you know, Mickey Andrews, the old FSU uh, a defense coordinator, uh, one yeah. of the greatest of all time. I learned so much about defense from him. And he used to tell me, he'd say, he'd say boy, you know what? A good safety, good safety. That makes your entire defense so much better, so much better. <laughs> because he, 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 and the point was, he turns, you know, these six yard get what are, keeps him to six yards, what could, could be 60. You know, yeah. the 12 yard play that could be 70. Right. He's the last line of defense. And when you have a yep, good yep. one, they not only do they make those plays, which mm-hmm. are obviously game saving plays with great tackles and instincts and being in the right place. But then they right. also get those key turnovers in those key situations. Yeah. Uh, Lynch used to do that all the time. Yeah. You know, the, the interception on the sideline against the Redskins in the playoffs. You know, just the big moments. Those guys have used their their knowledge of the entire game. You know, the other team setting up plays to be two steps ahead. They're playing the chess game along with them. And, yeah. and they have the athletic ability uh, to then go and implement what they know in their brain. You know, Rondé was that type of player as well, True. obviously. So, yeah, great safeties can make or break your entire defense, and he's he's one of the best. Yeah, all right. So we've talked about a couple of guys now, right? Mike Evans on the offensive side who's been the clear MVP. And yep. Antoine Winfield Jr. has been the clear defensive MVP. But those guys had great games against Atlanta the first time. Remember, Mike had the, the lone touchdown for Tampa Bay, yep, 82 right. yards receiving. And then you look at Antoine Winfield Jr. He had the pass breakup in the end zone to Drake London, saved the touchdown. He, he had that goal line play where he punched the ball at a Desmond Ritter. Like I thought Ritter scored, right? We all did. Ritter Ritter thought he scored, but as it turns out that that wasn't the case. And, and, you know, it was a a massive play um, by Winfield to, to punch that ball out. So having said that JP, I want to get your thoughts. Who has to step up on offense alongside Mike Evans? Cause I think this, this is not, um, you know, this is a game where it can't just be Batman. It's got to be Batman and Robin, or better yet, Batman and Superman, maybe. Yeah. Right? It, we're going to yeah. channel our, our DC comics. And then who on the, the defensive side has got to step up uh, and and help Winfield make some plays, some some turnover, uh, you know, possibilities, some game-changing plays? Who, who do you, yeah, well, when you look all that. around the league, you know, there you see number three receivers popping up all over the place, and they're really, yeah. really good. You know, look at, you know, Cincinnati, uh, Philadelphia, all of the good teams seem to have, you know, a number three guy that's, you know, can break out and have two touchdowns, you know, just about any time because he has the ability to do so. Um, The Bucs just haven't had that. And Trey Palmer, I think, can be that kind of talent. We've seen that, but he hasn't been able to do it. Is it his fault? Is it Canales' fault? I'll put it, you know, again, is he getting the opportunities? He's had some moments, um, but I think he, you know, he can be better. Yeah. And he can make those plays. So, and and those number three receivers, kind of like what we talked about before, Scott, they can be difference makers. And you know, to draw a hockey analogy, I usually do mm-hmm. it the other way around. You know, you need that third and fourth line scoring. Yeah. That's what makes you a Stanley Cup champion team. The top two lines right. are usually going to cancel each other out. You need that third and fourth line scoring. Yeah. You know, that third pl- is third. Uh, Now's the time to save thirty percent on wedding jewelry only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. 
or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Uh, receiver is going to get usually the third worst corner, maybe the fourth worst corner, or right. whatever. So they they should be able to and win. you got to win that matchup. you yeah. got to win that matchup. Again, yeah. on the football field, it doesn't matter – who who gets the win? It's right. just you got to have the win, and if you have a consistent matchup against an inferior corner and a guy with his kind of speed, right? Yeah. He should yeah. be a bigger factor in this offense. Yeah. Um, you know, he, if he can just catch one deep ball, one deep ball for a touchdown, that changes the way teams have to play. Because now they're looking at you and going, absolutely. Oh, oh, you know, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. We got that guy. That guy. A couple, you know, two games in a row, he's gotten deep behind people. Who right. do we got that can run with him? Nobody. Because yeah. <laughs> he's over at Mike and he's on Chris. Yeah. The next guy you got is probably a four seven guy. So do, that's do a, you, a, the matchup can be. Do sporting. you guys think, and this is to both of you, do you guys think that Baker has kind of stayed away from from Trey Palmer for a couple of reasons? Number one, dating back to the overthrows where those guys just were not on on, the, on target yeah. against the Lions. But even more recently, right? Remember the catch across the middle that he fumbles. Thank goodness Mike was Johnny on the spot against the yeah. Texans <laughs> at Houston, yeah. right? And then in the Colts game, right? Perfectly thrown pass, you know, look look like a like a a, a deep crosser. Yeah, it hit. Palmer He's got to right make those plays, man. He's got to make them. It, yeah. Right. What are your yeah? Thoughts? If I'm Baker, I probably don't trust him a lot. But again, you know, it's one of those things. Is if we're going to be good, we got to get this guy going. You know, yeah. if we're going to be good, we got to get Godwin going. If we're going to be good, we got to we got to have other answers besides Rashad and Mike. That's it. Right. And so. Yeah, those guy that guy has to step up, and I'll kind of put Kate Otten in that role as well, offensively yeah. and yeah, defensively. Good. Yeah, I was just gonna say, yeah, I, I think Baker, and this goes back to training camp, just struggled mm-hmm. with the deep ball. So did Kyle Trask, and it was kind of big, yeah. a big thing, and a, kind of a running joke that John Wolford is the best quarterback at, at throwing deep <laughs> right. uh, uh, on the Buccaneers roster. And yeah, it's kind of crazy. I think Baker. I don't think he's doing it on purpose, but let's remember Baker's only here for one year and this is his last chance to prove that he can be a starter on a team. So I think he kind of reverts to, well, screw it. If I just keep getting the ball to Mike Evans, I'll have a solid game and I'm saving my own ass, whether we win or lose because we don't lose because of me instead of like, all right, let's bring the whole team forward. Let's put up 35 points because that really only happened in the one game against the Texans. I don't know if it's like a lack of trusting because at the end of the day, outside of Mike and Chris, you got uh, a second year player in Kate Otten, a second year undrafted player in, in Devin Tompkins and a rookie in Trey Palmer. So if he's not going to Trey Palmer. He's still going to a lot of young, inexperienced guys besides Mike and Chris. So yeah, yeah I think it's a little bit more of just not being able to throw the well, deep ball. That's kind of done them in. You know, I, I think, agree. and I hear these discussions a lot about deep balls and being an ex quarterback myself. Let me tell you, it's not just the quarterback. In right. fact, I'll be I'll be honest with you. It's it it's a kind of a 50-50 thing. A yeah. deep ball is first of all, deep balls are tough because the the it, the I would say this. The adjustment of the receiver on deep balls, finding the ball and adjusting mm-hmm. is more important than the throw itself. Uh yeah. I, I'm not saying that exclusively, okay? Right. But I'm just saying like for instance, the one that Mike Evans on at, at, at Indy early in the game. You remember this yeah. one? Yep. Baker damn near knocked a pylon over. That's where the ball is supposed to be thrown. <laughs> yeah. And Mike, Mike never turned his head around until the seven yard line. Right. And then he looks up and the ball, you know, almost yeah. hit him in the helmet. And Mike, you know, Mike is he's had an issue with this in his career. Sometimes he doesn't get his head around quick enough 
to look for the ball. He Mike's got to be when he when he gets even with that receiver or maybe a step past or that DB. Right. His head has got to turn and locate yeah. that ball, especially indoors with lights. Yeah. Oh yeah, you got to locate it's, that ball because at that point the receiver is going to adjust his route half a yard here, half a yard there. Right. And locate the ball, see the angle of the ball coming in, how yeah. his body has to be contorted, what mm -hmm. he's going to do. And, and honestly, that making the adjustment is, is almost more important because you know, you're right. not going to drop. You can't drop the ball like in stride right in his hand yeah. every single time. Some yeah. quarterbacks do. But most of the time, if you're watching a deep ball, there's going to be – you see Ty, uh, Tyreek Hill last week. With, yeah. uh, I mean, he was looking over the left shoulder, but he got right. his head over, and that dropped right in the bucket. He's just that, so yeah. fast that that he can. Yeah. He, he had can, to like stop. He had to right. stop to catch. Great the adjustment, ball. and if you yeah. watch most of his deep balls, he's constantly making adjustments on the ball to catch it. But he's also five yards behind everybody. So you yeah, can, yeah. <laughs> and, you can do and, that. and I, I think the thing too that we have to remember about Mike, and, and you kind of touched on this too with Baker Mayfield, like the lack of height, right? I mean, Mike yes. is six five. He's the yes. he's the biggest target on the team. He's easier to spot, right? Yep. Um, when, when you go through the progressions and, and all of a sudden it's like, you're kind of in scramble mode, he's just easier to spot. I mean, James right. Winston did that too, right? He run around right. and just chuck it up the mic, but yeah. which, which didn't always work out in James's favor. Cause it was 50, 50 balls meant 50% of the time it's catch 50% yeah. of the time it's picked off, not, but not a good ratio, not a good ratio. <laughs> but the thing with Mike is, is he's got such a huge uh, target radius, right? With, right. with his, with his frame and his long arms. And I mean, Trey Palmer doesn't have that. Chris Godwin doesn't have that. Those guys are six yeah. one. Yeah. You know, and so I think that's part of it too. Is they're not small, but they're not six five. Correct. Right. right. It, and yeah. you look at some of the best deep threats of all time, and we'll keep it Buccaneers related. Like Deshaun Jackson right. won't go down as a Buccaneer great, but he's one of the biggest deep threats of all time. Yeah. Not because he's tall, but because he's five yards ahead of everyone. Yeah. Scotty right. Miller, who ironically right. the Bucs will uh, be playing against on yeah. on Sunday. Scotty Miller is not tall by any means, but he was blazing fast, and so he's able to get behind everybody, which yep. is why he had that iconic play. Mike doesn't have to get behind the, the corner. That's he right. can be stride for stride with them, and, and you just got to put it up, and he'll make the play. But when you're wide open in the field, it's much yeah, different. Yeah, when you know, a guy's obviously five yards beyond a guy, you have, you have a lot more leeway. You right. put a little bit more air under the ball and let them adjust to it. Um, and you don't, you know, just make sure you don't overthrow them for God's yep. sakes. Give them a, just yeah. give them a shot. Cause they'll normally at five yards, you'll be, you'll be good to go. But in getting back to Baker and you guys can see this on the film, boy, go watch week one, week two, week three, when he was really, in, he was moving around and yeah. he was outside the pocket and he was making key plays with his legs. I mean, so many game winning plays yeah. in those first yeah. quarter of the season were, were his legs yeah. that has disappeared. Orleans. Chicago, and his ankle, I don't Minnesota. know if his ankle, but also defenses are like, mm, we're going to make him play from a tight pocket. Right. He, I mean, when yeah. I watch the film, I get kind of the heebie jeebies as a quarterback. I'm like, God, you get. Yeah. You know, there's no, there's no room to step in. Reminds into me the so throw. much of Jeff Garcia. JP. Yeah. It's, it's right? so well, hard to play in a phone one quarterback. Guys. Oh, my God. It, it, it's so difficult. Yeah. You can't see. You can't move. You've seen him try to step up in a pocket yeah. and they've closed that avenue away. Defenses right. have really, really done a great job with him. Now, you know, and I heard you talking the other day about Kyle Trask, and if they lose this game, I'm with you. We're there, yeah. uh, 100%. You know, Kyle can play in a phone booth a little bit better than Baker can because he can be over the top. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know, so that's just the way it is. And and it's Baker is going to struggle from a confined pocket. It's just right. – you're going to get – think about it. We're getting what three or four passes a game batted down. 
Yeah, you know, so two and a half of those should be completions, right? By right. by the ratio numbers. Yeah, you know that, and in, in, you know, in one score games, that which could be a first down. ever play right. that, could, that could continue <laughs> right? a drive rather than yeah. lead to a punt. You're right. Yeah, you so know, we it, we've got your offensive guys. Let let's talk about the defensive guys. Who has to step up alongside Antoine Winfield Jr. Show up in Atlanta and have a big game. Well, Kalijah Cansey, number one, yeah. and I. Agreed. I, I Correct me if I'm wrong. Was he just coming back in the first Atlanta game? That was his second game back. Yeah. So he had, he had kind of the breakout game against yeah. the the Falcons. I'm sorry, yeah. against the, the Lions, right? And then, you know, he did contribute on this play. I mean, it was really mostly Shaq Barrett. But, I mean, you see Cansey yeah. right there in, yep. in Ritter's Grill. But um, really, from a production standpoint, if we want to, like, you know, box score, uh, you know, his game, which which you really can't do because he's yeah. better than what he shows, right, right in the box right. score. Yeah, that's um, but he had two he, tackles in this game. He was not as impactful as he was against the Lions, and he certainly wasn't as you know as he has been lately, right? I mean, yeah. he he basically had the play at the end of the game that that with hand in the face, pressuring Ritter, uh, not Ritter, um, Bryce Young, forcing him to roll to his right, yep. and then and then had an instance where boom, all of a sudden, Antoine Winfield Jr. interception, right? Yeah. So so we agree, Cansey is one of those guys that really has to step up. And I, I like, I like, and, and look, the Atlanta's going to try to run the football down our throat. That's what they always do. Yeah. They've done it for the past few years, and they've been successful at it. Um, so he's got to have a big game. Vita Vea has to be, you know, Vita's kind of, he's kind of had great games this year, and then some yeah. games where I thought, you know, he kind of disappeared a little bit. Right. Um, so I would say those those guys, and then whoever's playing linebacker, and I'm with you, Scott, as we've been on the same wavelength with Devin White the whole way. I have yeah. no reason to play him the rest of the way. Is just no. If Servassier and even JJ Russell are healthy, they yeah. should be playing. Um, they're the future of this team. I'm not saying JJ's you know a future starter, but he can be on this team and be effective for a long time. Servassier certainly is. Yeah. Um, and and Levante, you got to have on the field to have any chance of winning this week. I think, right. and hopefully uh, um, he can play this week. So I would say the the, the second linebacker has got to step up, and, and because it's to me, it's just going to be about the run game. Yeah. Uh, they've got a, you know, and and this time we're gonna get a, we're gonna get a, a mouthful of Bijan Robinson, unlike the last yeah. time, and that guy can freaking play, man, out of the backfield yeah. as a, as a, as a receiver and a running back. Um, you know, I'm afraid he's gonna go off. Um, hopefully, whatever he did in that first game, you know, to get benched. Oh, he was sick. That's right. I remember. <laughs> yeah. Wink, wink. Oh, whatever, whatever he did. Hopefully, he does the same thing in the meeting room this week because I don't want to see him. But he's going to play, and yeah. uh, that's what I worry about. So that to me, those are the guys got to step up. Yeah, Matt, how about you? Who are who are the guys that you agree with with uh, JP, or do you have a couple other names? Yeah, I do agree with JP for sure. Uh, my initial thought was Levante David. Not even that Levante David has to step up; just the fact that he's playing makes yeah. all the difference in the world. In, in a perfect world, as well, you would love to say like Shaq Barrett or Yaya Diaby. I just don't see it with the Bucks outside linebackers, though. They've yeah. been to don't make a play here or there yeah you know they, they show hasn't... up oh hey nice to see you yeah. you know that that type of thing and, and <laughs> right. it's not consistent week in and week out um so really my answer would be levante david just what he can do maybe yeah. yaya diaby continues on his run of just growing week in and yeah. week out you know he's been he did have the fumble recovery <laughs> yeah he did have the fumble yeah, recovery johnny on the right spot place, back right. in week seven yeah yeah, yeah, no doubt yeah. about it. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I, this this to me, uh, those those two guys, anybody in the front seven involved in in the run game and 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 getting a turnover as well. And you know, as we know, Desmond Ritter is very very prone to those turnovers. So 
we just I think the Falcons the last few games have, have physically along the lines of scrimmage won that battle. Yeah. And I think the Bucks have to reclaim that I that, agree. that that area. Yep. Yeah. And and, uh, and that's one thing that that uh, um Baker Mayfield or is it Todd Bowles I forget which one it was, but we're talking about being able to with with just their defensive front without any blitzes, especially in the red zone. The reason why they're so good in the red zone is because their their front four does a really good job of of stopping the run and taking away some of those red zone runs, right? And and that allows them to drop seven in coverage. And you know, and and they they can also get pressure with those. Now they won't have Grady Jarrett. It's going to be David Anyamata, right uh, up front. Uh, He's injured, by the way. Yeah, he is injured. He's on right? injured list. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of which, we have the injury report right here. Let me just get to that real quick. Uh, oh, good. KJ Britt, full participation today. Levante good. David, second day in a row. He's going to start alongside Servasier Dennis. Both those guys, um, I've been told, are Levante and Servasier. Yeah, they're going right. to start. Is Jamel Devin on Dean, the injury list? Uh, yes, did not participate. He's he's not going to play this week. Good. So uh, Jamel Dean not, not going to uh, probably play either. He's was out for the second straight day with his ankle and foot injury. Who? Robert Hainsey, Jamel <laughs> Dean, who number thirty five in Is your still there? in your program. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Robert Hainsey, center, uh, full participation today with his uh, knee injuries. Uh, Josh Hayes returned to practice. He was out sick yesterday. He was limited today. Uh, Cody Malk, limited for the second straight day with his foot. Vita Vea did not participate with uh, his toe injury for the second straight day. That bears monitoring. We talked about Devin White being out. But Tristan Wirfs, full participation today, which is better than limited. That was his ankle and back. So the – Falcons injury report pretty much the same as it was yesterday. We talked about the two offensive linemen. This kind of bears uh, watching. The right tackle, Caleb McGarry, for the second straight practice, did yeah. not participate. I'm hearing However, he's, he's probably not going to play. Yeah, yeah, it looks like it, he probably won't. Uh, that That's kind of significant because he's yep. he's one of their better players. Chris Lindstrom, of course, is their best. He is not on the injury report, but their center, Drew Dolman, is. He did not participate with an ankle, but he was limited today. Those are the only changes there. Uh, everybody else, um, you know, David Onyemata did not practice again. So without Grady Jarrett, without David Onyemata in the middle, boy, the, you might find some of those some of those inside runs, JP, that might work this week. What do you I think? Would like, I'd, I'd like to see Nick Leverett get a shot at center. You know, Hainsey was terrible early on. He's been okay lately, but, yeah. I, you know, I, I think know. the starting center for the Buccaneers next year is, is either going to be Cody Malk or, or he's not on this team. I, I think they're going to be making a change. little year. tidbit here. Um, uh, the great Chris Lugo, who you know at Bay yep. Area Modern Medical yep. Center, ran into Ryan Jensen oh, yeah. the other day. And he is still yep. rehabbing his knee and still yep. getting stem cells. And they're they're working on that little cartilage pop that uh, all the ligaments have healed yep. in his knee. Right. They have this, this cartilage issue and they're working on uh, getting that regenerated or or what have you. So I I I'd kind of written off Ryan Jensen. I don't know yeah. about you guys, but I um, completely yeah. have. Yeah, but yeah. evidently he's trying to work his way back. So yeah, we'll see. Uh, yeah, I would. You know, and quickly as as far as the offensive yeah. line goes, you get a center on this offensive line. If you go out in free agency or Ryan yeah. returns, whoo! You know, suddenly it's, you know, it's it's suddenly you got. got Huge yeah, you you got you got it. Gedeke obviously is turning into a very very serviceable right yeah. tackle. Yeah. Malchus had a nice run. Love to see the way he's been playing. Yep. That's good. Then you put a you know if you can find an all pro center like you did when you went out and got Ryan. Right. And then you know left guard still a little bit of a question mark, but Stinney's been good yep. and much better than Filer. 
And then, of course, you got the, the best tackle in the game. That's yeah. a damn good offensive line, boys. That, yeah. that's, a, that's a quick fix. Yeah. Not quick only fix. that, but the optics of it for the future looks fantastic. Yes, you know, really Luke he's only in his second year. Tristan yes. Wirth's still very young, and the plan is for to you know give him long-term extension. Cody Mauk is a rookie. So, really, yeah. if you find the centerpiece – then sure, like maybe in a couple of years you switch out a, a different offensive guard instead right. of Aaron Stinney. But that's a core group of the offensive line moving forward. And as everybody really knows, you win football with obviously good quarterback play, but in the trenches as yeah. well. And so that's a uh, that's a that's a you'd want an goal. offensive like that uh, offensive line like that protecting <clears throat> Jaden Daniels. Yeah, <laughs> I'm all about it, JP. I'm all about Let's it. Go. Will he be the number one pick? That's the big question. Or will it be oh, the, the new cosmic vibe from Celsius, Matt? Segue. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Celsius <laughs> has so many awesome flavors. Check out the cosmic vibe. That's one of their uh, newest flavors. My personal favorite is the Arctic vibe. Can't go wrong with really any of them. The sparkling orange, the sparkling watermelon. I'm a huge fan of the strawberry lemonade as well. There's no sugar. There are no post-energy drink crash or jitters that you may get with another product out there. So maybe if you haven't had Celsius before and you want to try it out for the first time, just go over to the Celsius website, punch in your address, and it'll tell you the closest geographical location where you can pick one up. Maybe it's your Walmart. Maybe it's a Target or a 7-Eleven or a health and fitness store. Or maybe if you're lucky enough, you can go pick one up. Where, Scott? At your local Bodega. <laughs> See, I watched the and show. I love it. Yeah, yeah, Diabe. Yeah, yeah, Diabe. Yeah, yeah. And once you keep going to your uh, local bodega, and you know you love it so much, we're like, ah, I can only make so many trips to the bodega. I need to get this in bulk. You can get it in bulk. And I'd recommend getting the variety pack, because as you see on the screen, there's so many great flavors and varieties of spice of life. Why limit yourself to one flavor of Celsius when you can have so many. That's when you go to Amazon, click on the subscribe and save, and you can have Celsius sent to your place of residence. Whenever you want, you're in charge. You're the captain now. It could be a week, month, quarterly, yearly. Whenever you want, just make sure you're drinking Celsius energy drinks. Make Celsius your number one pick. Celsius, the official energy drink of PeterReport.com. Oh, I need one right now really bad. Really <laughs> bad. No, I think we're out, too. Oh, I have to get to the store and get one. Those things, I'm telling you, those of all the energy drinks, that one really, I feel a difference every time I yep. drink one. It gets my it, brain going. It's legit, there's, man. There's something <laughs> in that. Something there's something in there. Yeah, you know, it's like the old yeah. the old Red Bull formula. I don't know what that that back in the day that really got me going. This this one is so much better. It's fantastic. Yeah, yep. I, I'm with you, man. It's it's. I used to be, you know, I used to drink that other stuff and and it's Celsius. I it's replaced coffee for me every Loves morning. It away. Yeah, it, it, it's phenomenal. Mm. Um, all right, so let, let's get to some of the, the video from today because there's a lot happening, and we'll kind of do a little bit of digesting, shall we, gentlemen, of, of uh, some of the, the clips Matty has lined up for us here. Yeah, so uh, we got Chris, uh, Chris Godwin. We got Dave Canales first, and then we got the locker room and, and had Chris Godwin. So we'll kind of bounce around here. But starting off with Dave Canales, um, we talked a lot about having a one-on-one -on -one conversation with Chris Godwin about getting him the football more, and uh, this is how it went. You know, his wife went on social media and took some shots at you know the head coach. We have never heard him complain yeah. in the media. Is has he been unhappy with his targets, or was that just from his wife? Or I, well, he and I had a great conversation. I like to keep you know most of that you know it, between us, you know. But I think 
the one thing that I can share is we share equal frustration with this thing, you know, and the excitement that I had coming into this season. Now, by no means has he not been productive. You know, last game was obviously, I got to do a way better job being able to get him involved in a game like that with the matchups we had. Um, but, you know, he's he's still getting targets. He's still in the in the 50s and receptions, you know, and um, he's a big part of what we do, you know, and if you, if you compare that across the league versus for other number two receivers, like he's still get, he's still a part of big part of what we do. I just, I would love to see more because I know there's a, there's that great player that all of you have seen firsthand. And I want to make that come to life for us to just help us on what our goal is to win this division um, and to set ourselves up long-term. Uh, this next one is, we'll go, we'll go to Chris Godwin. Now people want to hear from uh, the man that's making this whole topic. Um, he was asked straight up if he feels disrespected about what Todd Bowles had to say. Chris, did you feel at all disrespected when Coach Bowles said the other day that the number of targets had might or lack of no catches had might have had something to do with the fact that you're in and out of the game um, and that you're you know dealing with injuries? I don't know if like disrespecting is the is, is the right term. Um, I think it's tough you know, because like obviously like it, you know, it's tough to like, get into the game and you know, we all do different things like physically. You know, like, you know being out there and kind of put everything on the field team, just trying to like be like available as I can. Like you want to contribute, um, and obviously like that didn't that didn't like happen to the just to the effect that I would like would have hoped. Um, but I mean, it's things it's things that you live and you learn from, right? Like, at the end of the day, like I was still there, I was able to continue like, in some capacity. Um, and also, I don't think that like, Google's like had any malice in what he was And then this last, uh, this third video, Chris Godwin addresses his wife uh, going on social media and just blasting Todd Bowles. Like, Mariah, like, that's my best friend. Like, we've been together for a year, man. I know that she's always gonna support me strong and I have my back. So like naturally, like there's some frustration with things don't necessarily like go like how you would expect it. And I think that I think her intent like the whole thing was just something like it wasn't like a blanket thing. I mean like that wasn't like the reason why, you know, why things ended up how we had hoped. Um and just like making sure that people understand which I did before. You know, I work my ass off to make sure that I'm ready to play, to make sure that I'm able to give my best to my teammates and that I'm not, like, a lot of building up. And, like, that was it. Can't believe this. And, like, I'll let you know, like, that's my dog. I'm all going to have her to say what she's doing. Man, I, I love, I, I, you know, I'm obviously – um, you've seen stories about him and his wife and how they've been together and she's, yeah. A, yeah. they work out together, the fitness Absolutely. and everything. And every time he talks about her, man, I just, I, I just think it's awesome. They're just yeah. such a great couple great. and it's oh, yeah. fantastic. And it's like, man, we would all love to have, I got one like that that supports me like that. Me so too. it's, and it makes all the difference in your life and in yeah. your world. And, you know, I think, I think we're, I think we're really blowing the media is blowing this out of proportion. You know, yeah. it's, when, you know, it's not, it's not like when, um, Brent Grimes, crazy. Uh, that's, that's what I was thinking of. Yeah. Thinking no, of this is this is not that. Right. It, it, this is this is just a loving supporter, best friend. Yeah. You know, like sticking up for you. And the word lying, I think, it kind of took it to another level. But I don't, yeah. I don't get the disrespect. I don't get that connection. Like, yeah, where was the disrespect? I mean, I, I 
don't get that. I think it's completely say what you want about Todd Bowles, whether you think he's a good coach or a good play call. He's a liar. He's a good dude. I mean, he's he's a a good guy. You know, he is. And he's not. He's not one of those like, you know, a hole coaches that are going to like lie up there. Not a backstabber. Subterfuge and you know try to BS us and all that other stuff. There's none of that going on. When he makes a mistake like that, it's just he don't know. You know, and that's just, just seemed like a good thing to say at the time. You were subbing in and out. You know, what yeah. What are you going to say? I don't know. But you, you probably should have said what he always said. I got to go look at the tape and find out. Exactly. Yeah. 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 No, you, you're exactly right. I think sometimes Todd talks out of turn and, and he, yeah. he did on did the other day and it kind of came back to bite him a little bit. So I'm going to chime in with with my offense and defensive guys that I think have to step up. Um, I, I like what I've seen from. Yeah, yeah, Diaby. Yeah, yeah. Great picture. Okay, I, I, you know, six tackles in this last game. He gets sacks kind of in the unconventional way, right? Usually, it's like the conventional way is you beat your guy in front of you, right, and you sack the quarterback in the pocket, or you know, you're you're stunted and schemed, kind of like what we saw uh, JTS, right, where he got that sack in uh, in uh, Indianapolis, right? So those are some conventional ways to get sacks. But he has two of his five sacks literally chasing and using that four or five speed, mm-hmm. yeah. chasing quarterbacks um, out of bounds behind the line of scrimmage, right? He's just that fast. And so uh, while I think some, some more of those conventional sacks are coming for him, the fact that he has the speed to do that, and the guys we're talking about are Bryce Young and Josh Allen. I mean, we're not talking about Kirk Cousins here. We're talking about some fast, scrambling dudes. And so for him to, to get a couple sacks that way um, is encouraging, but also the six tackles last week, right? He mm-hmm. really showed up after he gets the start out there in, uh, in San Francisco and I think had one tackle for loss, you know, kind of got overwhelmed uh, by that 49ers offensive line. So I think he's a guy. As many do. Correct. Yeah, I, I think he's a guy, and I agree with, with everybody else, uh, you know, with, with, with Canty and, and, uh, and both linebackers. But I really think Diaby's got to be one of those guys to step up and and really start to assert himself as that down in, down out. I'm going to be a factor against the run or the pass. We saw Shaq Barrett be that guy in 2019, right? He was a yep. factor. And and right now, with Shaq being 31, it's kind of hit and miss production standpoint, right? With JTS, who knows, right? Diaby's a rookie. He's still swimming a little bit. But I'd like to see him kind of be that down in, down out guy. And I thought yes or last week was was a pretty good step in that right direction. And we'll see how he does uh, in, in this game. And and if he gets some reps on that that side against Caleb Gary's Caleb McGarry's re- replacement, that could yeah. happen. And I think on on the offensive side, I'm going to cheat a little bit. I'm going to go with Rashad White. I everything you guys oh. have said about Kate Otten and Chris Godwin and Trey Palmer that's that's valid and legit. But if we look at at Rashad White who I, I've kind of said, you know, that this guy may not be a thousand yard rusher in his career. He may not be that guy, but he might be like Alvin Kamara light. Right. Um, and when I, when I mean by that is, is Kamara never, never had a thousand yard season ever, but he's had seasons where he's had 800 yards or 900 yards, but then he's had like 500 yards receiving. Right. Right. And you add it all up and it's a 1300 yeah. to 1500 yard season. Which is what you that, want which is what you want, right? A yards are yards. And this is a guy that we know can catch the ball. We know we can score and make things happen there. But if you go back to that game against the Falcons, that was kind of his coming out party as a receiver. Six yeah. catches, 65 yards in that game, right? But he only rushed for 34 yards 
on 13 carries, had a couple of runs called back because of penalties. But, boy, the last two weeks, 100 yards against the Colts, 84 yards on the ground against uh, the Panthers, and we've seen two breakaway runs, a 38-yard run and a 30-yard run. So maybe this guy is really feeling it now, coming into his zone. Matt, you and I talked yesterday. We don't see the hesitation in his game, right? He's not right. tipped at the line of scrimmage. So, JP, for Rashad White, if he can come in, doesn't have to have 100 yards, but if he can double his production, get 65 on the ground, right, still mm-hmm. be a factor as a receiver, maybe that opens up more play-action pass opportunities for Baker. Maybe it doesn't make the Buccaneers' offense so lopsided right. where they had right. to pass yes. the ball like they did yes. back in Week 7. Yeah. I, I was watching the tape of him last week, and I got pissed off at a couple of plays. There was one where he went out in the flat, and I think it was raining a little bit, and he dropped the ball. Yeah. But the way he ran his route was so lazy. Yeah. You know, he just had a lazy. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new, nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. You know, and I hate that. Yeah. And, and there was a couple other plays where I kind of – he was over the middle, caught the ball, didn't put it away quick enough, you know, and guy reached in and knocked it away. It's lazy. Yeah. You know, snatch it, bring it in. Don't just right. – you know, mm-hmm. don't do that. Yeah. He's, he needs to play at a next intensity level for yeah. me. He needs he's to have got, that sense of urgency in everything yes. he does. I think he's, he's become a more his, urgent oh, runner. Yes. But there's yes. other areas in his game that need to have that same level of 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 urgency to Yes. It. Urgency is a great word. I use intensity. Urgency is a great word as well. Just like snap it off. Yeah. Snap it off. Let's go. Yeah. And he's he's a smooth runner. And I get that. You don't want to take it away. But it just in the in his in his mannerisms, the way he plays the game. Let's snap it off. Let's yeah. take it that intensity level. And even when you talk to him, like he's just kind of a nice, easygoing guy. Yeah. Like, I want to see, I want to see a little bit more intensity for him because yeah. I think that dude has, he's got some of the best, uh, uh, I call it swing and miss in the game. You know, yeah. he, guys, guys will, he can make a miss. He yeah. really does. You look at his Especially numbers. Space, yeah. yeah, when he actually – there was times when it didn't appear that way because if you watch the games, you can't make people miss when there's three guys in front of you. If right. it's one-on-one and you're making guys miss, you if it's one-on-one, you got to make that first guy miss. That's your job as the running right. back. But so when there's I, two I, and three around you, you can't. I'm he's got to be better. I'm writing about this in my SARS Fab 5. A little, little preview here for you, uh, Peter, people that um, that uh, are watching this podcast, and and you'll, you'll read about this tomorrow. But th- these stats really jumped out at me. When you look at, at what Rashad White did at Arizona State in his last year as a receiver, he caught like 50 passes, and he averaged 10 yards per yeah, catch. Yeah. And, and, and you look at what Alvin Kamara did at Tennessee, and it was less than 10 yards. I want to say it was around 9, like 8.9 or 9. Right? Yeah. So he was a slightly better receiver than Kamara was He's in special college. in the open field. He's special. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you look at, at what Kamara's done over his career dating back to 2017. He comes in the league. His average – throughout the years is 8.5 yards per catch. It's really good for a running back. Even when Leonard Fournette was was kind of like doing his thing in 20, you know, 21 for the Buccaneers, he was averaging around seven, right? So yeah. 8.5, that's really good. Really but guess good. what Rashad White is averaging right now this season as a receiver? 8.4. That's right there in that Alvin Kamara wheelhouse. That's, that's exceptional. That, that's who this guy is, really. Yeah. He's, Get him the he's damn that ball. type of guy. I mean, he's got to have – 
eight to 10 targets a game. And, you know, Agreed. imagine, imagine eight, because those are freebies. You're getting yeah. them the ball in space. They should be freebies as opposed to those, you know, eight to 10 or 20. What do we go? 18 times up the middle last game. A ridiculous <laughs> like number. Like yeah, too I mean, come many? on. Yeah. Spread it out. Let them, let them defend the entire field. There ain't a damn linebacker in this league that wants to be out in space with that guy. Nobody. And, and we don't do it enough. Not even nearly enough. And it's a, it's a gimme. Yeah, and it's been interesting with Rashad because I feel like his play over the last couple of weeks, and I agree with you that like the urgency needs to be there. And I don't think there's anything wrong with him being a smooth player or a smooth operator, right. as people like to say. But that's not what this offense needs. Like Maybe if he was in a different offense, yeah, that could work. But this yeah. offense is a little more smash mouth. It's interesting with Rashad over the past couple of weeks because his – if you just look at the run game and the passing game for Rashad specifically, it seesawed a little bit, you know, like it was great a couple of weeks ago with the passing game. He was essentially the number two option because the bucks won't get Chris Godwin, the football. So Rashad white was your wide receiver too, essentially. And yeah. then you look at the indie game. He had a hundred rushing yards, but was a non-factor in the passing game at all. And even last week, granted all the elements with the weather, the run game got going again. He sealed it on that 30-yard run, but again, right. wasn't a factor in the uh, in the passing game. So you'd like to see just a complete outing from Rashad White where, you know, maybe it's not 100 rushing, 100 receiving, but to your point, Scott, 80 rushing yards, 100 right. receiving yards, or just having his imprint on yeah. the game besides a, a one-yard touchdown run that everyone else did the work to get there, and then he was yeah. the benefactor. Exactly. Well, and, and if you're looking for somebody to do the work when it comes to real estate and maybe helping you find a home to to purchase or maybe looking to sell your home. Well, there's only one place to turn, and that's Eric Gross with the Eric Gross Group, the official realtor of Peter Report. Folks, I'm telling you, I've gotten the chance to know Eric and you're not going to find too many pro bowlers in the real estate game. It's It's a little bit of a you're swimming with the sharks a little bit, right? Um, they're looking for their commissions and and they're, they want to just, you know, flip inventory, et cetera. Eric is not that guy. And that's why he is on the Peter Report team. That's why, frankly, he should be on your team because Eric Gross and the Eric Gross Group, they're part of the EXP Realty Group. They've got a network of over 85,000 agents working across the country. So if you move into the great state of Florida, Eric can help you sell your home where you are and find that home in Florida. Or if you're moving out of the great state, we hate to see you go, but he can help on both ends of that transaction as well, as well as anywhere in the state. Eric is from the Tampa area. His father is stationed in McDill. He's a huge Tampa Bay fan and avid Peter Report reader. So the conversation starts there. Let's talk some Tampa Bay football, right? And then let's find your home. Go to housesinfla.com to view his inventory, housesinfla.com. And let Eric Gross and the Eric Gross Group take the pressure off the home buying or home selling experience. Find him on Facebook and Instagram at ericgrossgroup.com. Or give Eric a call at 513-907-4271. No matter where you are in your home ownership journey, you're going to feel welcome at the Eric Gross Group, the official realtor of Peter Report. Visit housesinfla.com. All right. All right. As we, uh, as we look at, you know, Bucks versus Falcons, biggest game of the season for, uh, for the Bucks in particular. Well, we do have the Peter Game Day show coming up uh, at 12 noon. And then, of course, uh, our live reactions, opinions, analysis, everything at 1 o'clock. So check out our YouTube uh, on Sunday with that. But, JP, I was just going to ask you, how do you see this one playing out? Uh, you you trust the Bucks enough to get the job done? Or uh, what are your nope. thoughts? Nope. 
Um, I, I I just think Atlanta runs the football way too way too well. Now I think injury is going to play a huge role in this game. Yeah, you know I think if the Bucks can get the running game going with no Anyamata, um, I think their, their linebackers out as well. Uh, they're the right tackle. You get the pass rush going. I mean, yeah. they got a puncher's chance, right? They got better than a puncher's chance. But the 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 Bucks got it. This is going to be one of those games where you can't make the stupid ass penalty in the red zone cost you right. cost you a touchdown and you yep. get a field goal. You can't, you know, have the holding calls with great Rashad White runs. You know, those right. things yeah. come on guys, we got to be really on disciplined and you got to stop the run. And if Vita Vea doesn't play and Levante David even you know, let's be honest, he ain't 100%. Not 100%. Yeah. That's what scares me. And and when you can run the football like Atlanta can and let's also be honest, that first game should have been a three-score win for Atlanta. They dominated yep. the game. You know, yep. the Bucks yep. hung in there with the three turnovers in the red three zone. Red zone, take yeah, the turnovers Atlanta for Atlanta. Did whatever they wanted to do. Um, so the the Bucks just have to play a hell of a lot better than they did in Game One. I don't see it as a great matchup because of that run game. Yeah, uh, I think Bijan Robinson is the difference in the game. But if the Bucks are going to win, they have to run the football and yep. then get the get the play action game going. So um, my gut feeling is, what what is the spread? The Three and a half, three. Yeah, three. Yeah, I I, I think the Falcons got this one. Yeah, and then well. it's trash time. <laughs> then it might be trash time, <laughs> folks. You can check out. Uh, please, please, please check out pewterreport.com for the Bucks coverage that you need. Breaking news, inside scoop, game coverage, as well as injury reports. Make sure you follow us on uh, Pewter Report social media on X, YouTube. Uh, it's going to be Pewter Report TV, of course. Instagram and Facebook at Pewter Report. And uh, we want to make sure that you're subscribing to Peter Report TV. That's our YouTube channel. Make sure you hit the like button as well as the, the comments. Leave some comments for us. That helps our algorithm. It helps us get in front of more awesome pewter people oh. like you. So um, for Matt Matera and for our guest, J.P. Peterson, thank you very much. Thank you, pewter people, for joining us. And make sure that you stay tuned for the next episode, which will be Pewter Game Day at uh, Sunday at uh, noon. If I may, Scott, a quick, a quick plug for my show. Yeah, yes, please, 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 please. Yes. Uh, 10 to 12 each and every day. What these guys do for, for the Bucks, we do for all of Tampa Bay sports as we throw in the, the Rays. Uh, oh, I throw in the Rays. And then we do, uh, obviously, I work for the Lightning, so uh, I've got a lot of inside track there as well. Uh, so we cover all Tampa Bay sports and college sports as well. You guys do an amazing job. Matt comes on. Scott comes on. So we do the Bucks as well. 10 to 12, you know where to find us. Apple, Spotify, we're live on YouTube and Twitter and on Facebook and at fanstreamsports.com. Thanks, guys. Always great Appreciate to be with it. you. Thank yeah, you so much. Love having you on. Thanks for having us on. And uh, yeah, I made it weekend, through. Bucks fans. I made yeah. it through. I'm yes, exiting this way very quickly. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, Bucks fans, we'll see you on Sunday uh, as the Bucks take on the Falcons for Peter Game Day at noon. For JP, for Matt, I am Scott, and uh, we will catch you on the next edition of the Pewter Report Podcast. Out.